And we're rolling. How are you doing today, Carmen? I'm doing good, David. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Um, sorry that we had to reschedule this. No worries. It worked yeah. out for the best uh, both both ends. And we had a good doggy <laughs> beach day. So Awesome. Today? Uh, yeah. Yep. Oh, we very just, cool. I did, we just came from there. So. What beach did you guys go to? I went to Mott's. Um, we learned after okay. bringing her that you're not supposed to bring dogs. So, But oh. she was already there, and we drove 40 <laughs> minutes. So uh, apologies. Um, Hold on. But With the microphone, just make sure that it's close oh. to your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to sit back, you can just drag it with you. I'm just so tall. Dude. You are tall. Everything has got to always be readjusted. <laughs> you're good. All good? Yeah, I should have told you before we started. Oh, but, you're good. Um, there we go. Okay. All right. So, anyways, uh, here we are. We're doing it again. Yes. Or now. Yes, so, finally. Yeah, finally. Because I, I, I scheduled with you once before, and I unfortunately had to be one of those people that canceled on you last minute. But um, you didn't cancel on me. I, did you? Ca- oh, you did cancel. I did. On me. I did the time before, yeah. and then it, and then it was your turn. So then, we like evened out. So. That is true. I don't feel so bad now. Right, 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 <laughs> right, right. I, I still feel terrible, but I'm glad we were able to make today happen. It's no, just, um, I definitely feel terrible when I have to cancel. Yeah. It was one of those things that like, um, I'll just tell you, my dad. He was oh. he's up from Florida visiting, or he was, and uh, he was in Indiana. And he wanted to come back. Mm. And so I had to go back to get him. Like, yeah. and the only day I could go get him was that day. Yeah. Or like a couple of weeks from then. So it I'm a had big, to be that I'm day. a big, um, what do I want to say? Um, advocate for family first, always. You yeah. got a wife, got kids, and you got obviously extended family members. So it's got to, yeah. it's got to cover all the bases. It I'm, does. I'm, I'm a bit, I'm big about it. His, my husband's work kind of, um, I'm one of those wives who are like, don't make me call up to your work now. <laughs> um, I just, I just don't, I don't enjoy it. But that's one thing that's unfortunate today. about uh, corporations today. They don't really care about families. No, and um, I used to work for a pretty large corporation that does pet grooming, and um, it when there are live anything's involved, people, animals, anything. It's just you kind of see how much. Um, corporations and like people who are in charge of things like they just they don't have any humanity in them they don't view them as living things they view them as how much money can this thing or person make me and how much can I get out of them before they're dead you know yeah um they just work you until you have nothing left in you yeah it's unfortunate it's real unfortunate I work for a giant corporation too and to some aspects of it you know like there are obviously managers who like care about their employees and they care about their families and they want the best for them but then you you also see the majority right Mm -hmm. then you see the other side of it too with like you know the CEOs and they're making millions and billions of dollars and that seems to be all they care about. They don't care yeah. about their their constituents. And each year, it's about how much more money can I make than last year versus mm. wow, everything was great last year. Let's let's instead of making more profit, let's increase our benefits <laughs> or like increase everyone's yeah. wage. It's let's how can we put more money into our pockets? And that's something that really bothers me. That, so. That's one thing that bothers me too. And like being a, a union uh, employee, you know, that's something I've seen with uh, the UAW. Uh, we were just on strike a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, for better wages and like yeah. better treatment of temps because uh, temps they, they use and abuse them they Very don't much. hire them until like three four years in and then they have to start at the bottom of the pay scale and then it takes like eight years to even get to an equitable like amount of money yeah and it's just it's not fair mm-hmm. you know no. especially when those people are working side by side with you and man, they're doing if I the same had thing a dollar for every time i'd said that in my <laughs> life man that's just not fair oh, gosh i just the more the older you get you just your mind becomes so much more open to just how 
much sense the world does not make. Yeah. Like it doesn't make it doesn't make very much sense, but everyone just kinda goes along with it and suffers along with it and it's yeah. just one big unhappy family. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's an endless cycle for sure. And it I don't really know what could be done. You know, obviously it starts at the bottom, but how do you how do you change things? It, that, you that's can't. what I, I we when um the Roe versus Wade. I don't know if you do politics on the show or, or I not. I do a I little bit. I think you've had politi- petitions on, I so have. I have to assume you do some <laughs> amount of politics. But I attended my first protest um, this past weekend um, when they did the Roe v. Wade um, stuff downtown. Um, I did not go to Mondays, which I was disappointed because that was what? like the big one. How many days have they done it? Uh, they did it Saturday, Sunday, Monday that I know of. Mm. Um, Monday was during um, the big 4th of July parade. And okay. a lot of people were pretty upset about it, but I really feel like the point was missed. And it's it's disheartening to see on social media the amount of people complaining about the inconvenience to them and like their children who were just there to watch the parade versus the importance of what was happening and how important it was for their children um, to see that and you know for the benefit of them because I'm sure there were little girls at that parade watching trying to watch the fourth of July parade but um, you know on that specific day little girls weren't free they aren't free today 100% so it's I just wish people would see the big picture and see that it's it's more important than just enjoying your little outing it's you know a time for you to have that discussion with your kids and make sure that they know what's going on and what that, that they know just the common sense human rights that you think that should exist yeah. that doesn't so i think it's important to well, have those conversations it's definitely important to have those conversations whether you agree with it or you don't mm-hmm. right like yeah. it's important to for your kids to see like what they're doing and why they're doing it and to understand why they're doing it, yeah. regardless of you agree with it or not. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I think that, you know, again, all, like you said, whether you agree with it or not, um, that it's important to also allow your children to make their own conclusions and not necessarily just tell them over and over again, how you feel about it, how you think about it. Yeah. Maybe make it more of a discussion versus a, this is right, this is wrong. Well, that's how it should be with anything, right? Like, I mean, I kind of grew up in a, a fundamental, like, Christian home. So, like, a lot of the the perspectives that I was given in, like, doesn't matter what it, what it is. It was obviously from a, a biased perspective. It yeah. wasn't, like, from a nuanced um, idea or uh, angle. It was just yeah. like, okay, this is what's right and this is what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And if you don't believe this, then you're wrong. And if, yeah. If you do believe this, then you're right. It, it, and I, I can't remember in what aspect exactly I said it, but I, I said something the other day that I felt very much connected with and that for being um, a species that is so gray, we certainly live in a black and white world, you know? And <laughs> we're, I think that humans are like as gray area as it get because they're, as it gets because they're just so like, you know, you hear like a lot of times where, oh, you don't have a unique experience because we all have things that bring us together. But ultimately, when it boils down to it, everyone is just so different and they think differently. And there is that. How can you have a law that says one thing when there might be this situation? How can you say that a law is black and white when there's just there's 16 million different, you know, situations yeah. that could happen where it can't be black and white because something is going to happen that it's not going to, you know, work out the way it's intended. And it's just like, oh, that's a side effect of byproduct, but unfortunately that's what it is from being the black and white. Yeah. I mean, what do you do? What can you do? Honestly, I just, I, it's part of what, um, 
<laughs> makes me feel so existential all the time is because what can you do? Because what are you going to do? Start all the way from the bottom? That would take like centuries. Centuries. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and we're a young country as it is. I think we're just kind of, <laughs> we just kind of started bad. Uh, had us, I don't, did, I don't know. Did we even have like a period of time where things were like good? good? <laughs> like, like predominantly like this was the good era for America. Um, yeah. I just feel like it's all been pretty downhill since we just became our own thing and well i feel like things get better in certain aspects right but then in other aspects you it's like okay 15 we steps backwards. Like socially we take steps backwards but as far as like real threat and real danger you know from day to day like you don't have to worry about going in the street and being attacked right some people do though some people do and that's that's but the thing a, though because at, at the same time where that's the ma- vast majority no they don't have to worry about something like that um, and you think, and, and the, also the vast majority is like, oh, that's silly. Why would I be concerned about that? But then there's also a portion of the population that is seriously concerned about things like that. And it's been a they, hot minute. There's definitely places in the country, like the South side of Chicago that are terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do? Right. We obviously yeah. need to pour more money and more time and more effort into those communities. They're very unsafe. But where does the money, where does the time come from? The government. We send money to Ukraine, like billions of dollars to help them for this war that we're that's not supposedly <laughs> involved in. That's to make us look good. Right. <laughs> I think, honestly. But I don't that's think it's billions of dollars anything. that we supposedly don't have that we could dump into these communities to help. Yeah. And we don't. We don't We don't choose to use that money wisely. Well, it, I think it's because it shows priorities. I think it shows that yeah. we're more concerned with our image um, than yeah. we are with what's actually going on. That's why you'll, you know... This is, uh, you know, the number one city to live in in the world. I mean, not here. I'm just saying, like, you can <laughs> definitely, one of the top, definitely not here. <laughs> wild. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you can have, like, someone say, oh, this is the best city in the world to live in. There's this great thing, this great thing. And the other half side of the coin, you know that there's somebody, uh, some people that are living there when that's not their experience and they're yeah. facing this, this, and this, but they're ignored because yeah. that's just the way it is. This episode is brought to you by Red Bike Delivery. This delivery service operates only using battery-powered, eco-friendly transportation. Red Bike Delivery is there for all your delivery needs, whether it's dinner for the family, flowers for your partner, or new houseplants for your new collection. Red Bike Delivery will gladly deliver those and everything in between. So what are you waiting for? Check out Red Bike Delivery on Facebook or Instagram for more information. Red Bike Delivery, because there's only one Earth. I honestly, <clears throat> I do my best not to think about it, and that's probably <laughs> not the best either. But it's, I mean, it's also why I've gotten myself out. Into but it's those not protests. healthy. It's not healthy no. to focus on these issues day to day. It is. I mean, it's, it's. It's hard. It's overwhelming. It is overwhelming, and it leads to feelings of hopelessness. And in a time like this, where things are pretty bleak and hopeless, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta push the feeling aside. You gotta fake it till you make it. So. I don't believe in that phrase. Oh yeah. Fake it until you make it. I think it's a load of shit. Really? Yeah, I really do. I think I just fake it until you make it. I mean, you're faking it. You're really not making it. If you, if you're faking it, I mean, you gotta find ways to proactively get to that point. Yeah, I, I see what I, I get what you mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that if you can fake it um, until you feel like you've made it, um, that then it will it kind of falls into place afterwards. Trick yourself. Yeah, yeah, that reverse <laughs> psychology on your own on your own self. Uh, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, self aware. You gotta self aware yourself. So how do you how do you manage this all the, the the social realm that we're in and and your mental health and all that. How do you manage that? I don't. Unfortunately, I don't. So uh, I mentioned I don't drive. Um, 
pretty much anywhere for any reason. That's because I don't like to leave the house. I don't watch the news. I That's healthy. It is healthy, <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm a big... Um, fan of like you know I was one of those kids who read all the time like I was a big fan mm. of dissociating as a child big fan of it nowadays but now I use like TikTok Facebook all that kind of oh, stuff okay. I just can't even be on there because I'll be on TikTok for two seconds and I'll be sobbing because I'll see some horribly sad video about like something that's going on in the world right now and it'll it'll come back and I'll start thinking about it again and then it starts like the train of thought and then I'm just like laying in bed three to five hours later just feeling like there's no point on going on forward, you know, and just yeah. like, cause like, like we said before, you take a couple steps forward, you take a whole bunch of steps back. Yeah. So I just kind of managed to make it through and do my best to um, not alienate the people who care about me along the way. Because when you're dealing with feelings like that, um, it's kind sometimes it's kind of hard when you are just angry at the world, you know, yeah, I understand. So. Um, one thing that I just recently had to deal with was, uh, my like I said, my dad was here. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, you know, it, it was a pretty good time. Him being here was, wasn't bad. Parents are but, always a little iffy, you know, well, <laughs> good it, or bad. The thing is, like, our d- dynamic wasn't terrible, but it, it's also kind of awkward because he recently came into my life. Um, okay. I found him a couple years ago through 23andMe. And oh, wow, cool. um, we reconnected and we kind of been building a relationship. He's been here, I think, one other time. And this was the second time he was here. Well, he's, he has like addiction problems as far as yeah. drinking and whatnot, which fine, whatever. But it just started to become a, a thing. Mm-hmm. And so it got to the point where, you know, it's like, all right, you need to go, you need to go back. Or he wanted to go back to Florida, but like he didn't really want to be here. Eventually I was like, you know what? Just go. Well, I'll buy you a ticket. Well, right. just go. Get you back in your comfort zone. Right. <laughs> so this morning I ended up having to take him to Michigan City to drop him off at a bus stop. And it was like one of those things like last night I was like, you know what? fuck him like he needs to go like i just don't i don't even really builds and i don't really want him here you know if he wants to go go fine whatever but then this morning it's like it was like this gut punch it's like it was like a a sense of loss it was and all day i've had this feeling like there's a sense of loss like you know i know he was here like less than 24 hours ago and it's like when you're young and you leave your cousin's house after being there all day you know you don't really want it to end even though your cousins are being annoying and they've been pulling your hair and pushing you down and you just but it's just that but one thing that that made me realize when when i left uh, because my son was with me and he he loved him my son loved him and uh, my my dad was obviously crying i was crying Mm. not gonna lie and uh, i got in the vehicle and my son's like dad I'm sad too. I miss oh. grandpa. Oh, that's so and just cute. like, it really made me realize like I need to pour as much effort into like my relationships with the people that are surrounding me. It is so as easy much. to get hung up on like it really is. The things that have happened in the past and like how they make you feel today. And yeah. like, I'm sure that there has to be some kind of feeling in your body. Like when you weren't with your dad for your whole life, you said it was recent. So yeah. I'm sure there's got to be some sort of like resentment or like this or that because, you know, you didn't have like that normal life. Yeah. I actually um, also have an estranged father. We're permanently estranged by oh. choice <laughs> now, but I went through that when I was a kid. I, um, I finally asked my mom, you know, I want to know him. I want to talk to him. I want to meet him when I was like 11. And I looked my grandfather, like the, the name up in the phone book. And uh, we found my grandfather, and he got me in touch with my dad. And then, uh, I'm sorry, my biological father, I should say, because I have a great dad now. Um, and he put me in touch with my biological father, and I spent that summer with him. I met my three half-siblings. Um, wait, 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 let's back up. 
you didn't know any of these people. I didn't know a single Why not? one of them. Um, my mom, um, I think it was a protection thing, okay. as well as he willingly did not want me as part of his life. My okay. mom was young. She was, um, she turned 18 two weeks after she had me. Okay. Um, he was slightly older. I, I think he was like 20, 21 maybe. Um, he had cheated on her already. And shortly after I was born, um, he got his now wife pregnant with my now half sister. Um, but yeah, so I, I think it was a, a, a combination of like he didn't really want to be a part of my life. He just kind of wanted to close that door and she knew what he was like and mm. didn't want me to be exposed to that or disappointed by that. And she was right because that summer, while it was definitely an experience I'm happy that I had, I got to spend that time like during my childhood, my siblings' childhood, like we did have that time together in like some amount of way, um, but like that that summer, like, I witnessed him beat the crap out of my stepmom, and oh. I witnessed him so drunk, and they left me home alone to babysit my siblings, <clears throat> the three I had never met before in my life. I was just their new sister. Oh. They just left me in charge. Like, that was oh ever going to go well. And because of that whole thing, definitely not going to go well, um, my sister jumped out of a window and ran away to our grandpa's grand grandfather's <laughs> grandfather's house. Um, it was a small town, so he was yeah. like a street over. But... Oh, um, you can imagine how stressful that was for me at like 11, 12 years old. Yeah. And oh it God. was a strange way to start a relationship with my siblings. Um, and it really colored the way I felt about my dad, my fa biological father. And um, I did go back the following summer. <laughs> um, I really wanted siblings. Like I really wanted to know them. Yeah. And even if I didn't want to have anything to do with my biological father, I still, I wanted to, it wasn't even like about him. You know what I, I mean? It was more... Like, why let him take that away from me, that connection that I could be having? Yeah. Um, I think that summer he happened to be in jail, so I don't think I saw oh him that gosh. summer. Um, I think, I don't remember what he was in jail for. I think it was drugs, because he's also uh, heavily addicted to drugs. Mm. Um, yeah, but that was a great summer. Um, things went a lot better between my siblings, um, and then I never saw them again. Um, we, I am connected with my sister on Facebook. Um but she is very much still a daddy's girl. And they don't see anything wrong with him or they don't like select they selectively do not remember some of the things that occurred. And um I just I don't think that it's important to her to have a relationship with me. Um and it's it's so hurtful to the point where I, I can't facilitate How I've, old is she? Um, I, I think she's like two years younger than I am. Um, How old are you? I'm twenty six seven and next okay. month sorry okay. so 26 almost so she's an adult she is definitely an adult okay. she has two children i've never met Whoa. um she did she lives in washington with her husband oh, okay um she did used to live in ohio though um right after she had her first daughter um and um she did come up from washington to michigan because she has family here and i found out from facebook after she had already gone home <laughs> And I very much expressed that I, I, I'm, you know, I have a lot of things going on health-wise. Um, at the time, um, I was not in a position to be able to take that kind of time off of work. Um, I had made it clear that I did want to see her. I wanted to have a relationship with my niece and my nephew now. Um, and then she came and went and didn't say anything to me. Um, so I, that was kind of like a, hey, I really don't want to, I don't. 
So yeah. I stopped after that. I, we are still friends on Facebook, but um, I unfollowed her because I just, I hate just to see the things that are happening in her life. I just, yeah. and then that probably sounds terrible, um, but it just reminds me about all the things that I don't get to be a part of. So <laughs> I understand that. I mean, there's definitely people that I'm friends with that I've unfollowed because I'm like, this is not healthy. No. I don't want to see some of the posts. I mean, like some people just post political things and I'm like, unfollow. Cannot. Do not yeah. want to see that. <laughs> Even sure. if I agree with it, I don't want to see it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go on Facebook and see that. Yeah. Um, get a, you use it to get away from it. Yeah, yeah exactly. I want to see what's going on in my friend's life. I want to see the parties that they're going to and right. kind of party barge are on this weekend. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> just the stupid important stuff. stuff. Just the stupid important stuff. stuff. I want to yeah. laugh at things. I don't want to yeah. see political things or I don't want to see drama. You don't want to feel existential. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not what social media should be about, I don't think. I mean, I don't know really what social media should be about. Cause I guess it should be about anything you want it to be about, but you should also be able to select what you want to see and what you don't want to see. I mean, in a perfect world, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a perfect world, I can, uh, I can make a list of all the things I wish would happen in a perfect world. Yeah, true. Yeah. Social media influence is probably uh, one of the things that I would, uh, I wouldn't even, again, like government, I wouldn't even know how to begin changing that. I do prefer um, MySpace era, though. Oh that, like, my that gosh. was peak social media. I was just talking about that today. MySpace was so awesome. Yeah, it was peak social media, so um, I feel like that's right when everything was good. Honestly, it had kids learning how to code. Like, I'm all for it. Um, And then Facebook, where people are just, like, zapped, like, creatures (laughs) into their phone. And, you know, it's not the same. MySpace was the shit back in the day. You could could put your... Your back, your background, and then you could put music and your top eight or f- ten or whatever it was. I can't, I can't remember if it's Twitter or Instagram. They like added like a music to your profile really? thing. I, I don't remember which one it was, but that I just like it was like a blast of like, isn't this what MySpace was? Isn't this what MySpace was? <laughs> People who are our age and um, you know know what the hell MySpace is. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand why we don't have anything like that. Like, why don't we have a MySpace? I mean, I'm pretty sure it still exists. I think yeah, it's, it's a music platform now, though. Oh, really? Yeah, it's I not think, a social isn't that media. What it site. actually was meant to be instead of like a, a, a social thing wasn't. I think it was Maybe. actually meant to be for Probably. music, but people were like connection <laughs> because I feel like people have always craved like a weird sort of connection. Because well, that was kind of the beginning of it too, right? Mm-hmm. At the at the height of uh, the internet and just social yeah. media starting at all. Like, it's so strange to think of. Um, our generation being like that in between where they're the generation before they did not have any of that experience. Yeah. And then the generation like like now that's happening now, that's the only experience they know know. versus we have both. Like I remember a time when we didn't have a computer in our house and we had a teeny tiny television. (laughs) I remember that. I also remember having a car phone. I also remember (laughs) having a cellular phone, a laptop, like, and like all of that. Like it's just right in the middle. I think it's, there's a lot of things I hate about being a 90s baby, but that's not one of them. I think that's that's pretty cool and, like, so unique to us. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it gives us greater appreciation for the things that we do have. Mm-hmm. Like, my, my kids, they, they've grown up with a tablet. And so that's all they, that's all they know, and that's all they're ever going to know is the fact that they had a tablet from the time that they were infants. Mm-hmm. And not that it's healthy. Not that well, that's I mean, a great idea. Okay, but I, I, I try. I mean, there's <clears throat> everyone can do something their own way as far as parents are concerned. But at the end of the day, everyone's trying to survive having their children that they love. Yeah. So you just got to do what you got to do. And as long as they are healthy and they are fed and they are loved, 
Well, it's one of those there's things. Wrong that with it. I don't think there's anything wrong with it as long as you can monitor it and you give them parameters. Like yeah. you know, sometimes my daughter watches some stuff and I'm like, "What are you watching?" Uh, like she's this? watching like teenage girls talking about their period and like not, not yet giving not birth yet. and yeah. divorcing. And I'm like, "What are you watching?" It's just too much for your young brain. <laughs> you better change that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely, the unbridled access to the internet is something I'm also familiar with from childhood because mm, we were in that yeah. in between sp- space. Man, I think if our parents knew what was going on <laughs> with us in the internet back in the day, they would be truly shocked. But on the other side of that coin, I saw something somewhere the other day saying that today, the like the, the parents, the older generation, they you know what's ha- what they thought was going to happen to us mm. by the exposure to the internet and this and that yeah. has actually happened to them because like the current political climate and they don't know how to like fact check and they don't know like what source is good what source is bad because they're just disconnected from technology so they're being fed yes they're just being fed all this stuff and they don't they don't have the skills that they like you need to learn you need to learn these skills but then they were like i don't need to learn these skills (laughs) (laughs) not me that's actually a really good point I never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, because that's one thing I see, like, a lot of Gen Xers. They they see something, and they post it, and then I look at it, I'm like, what is... Did you even what? read this? Did you read this? this right, is this not- is terrible. I know news. you don't agree with this, <laughs> for sure. My, no, my grandmother is one of those people, and it's crazy to see the person that you knew, like, or you thought that you knew. Yeah. The person you knew for so long, like, my entire childhood up until I was, like, from zero to... 24 my grandmother was one person very kind very loving like you could always yeah. guarantee you, she was the the house in the neighborhood where my mom's friends they were always there they, if they was trouble at home they were there like she was just that safe space uh would i call her a space a safe space now <laughs> no i would not because she's you know full-on like brainwashed she doesn't have any original thoughts anymore yeah. and she can believe what she wants to believe but the problem i'm seeing is that I, I don't, I know what she has always fundamentally believed and acted on her whole life. And it's not mm. this. So it's so strange to have that like occurrence where you can tell they're literally being plugged in and fed this certain yeah. information. Well, it's kind of the problem with everybody being able to have access to all the information that's out there and then have a place where they can just dump it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Where they can have their own opinion be out there. But that's just that. It's an opinion. Yeah. And so many people's opinions these days are being taken as fact. And that, <laughs> oh, that can't even begin to express how many problems there are with that. So did you ever, you'd never rekindled the relationship with your father or anything? Um, so I, <laughs> I wouldn't say I rekindled it. Um, I did get um, an MIP when I was Ooh. like 17. Um, I, For what? Drugs? For drinking. Drinking? I oh. was high at the time, um, <laughs> but I told them that I was drunk. So oh, well, like, I traded go. it off because at the time, you know, it, that would have been way worse if I had admitted right. to like having smoked weed. I was just a little bit drunk. Could and you I was, imagine that? Getting in trouble for smoking weed? There are people, I think, <laughs> still in jail right now for there doing definitely are. this. So, there I mean, like, are. yes, it's crazy to think about. And again, I try to not take that freedom right now for granted. Um, but yeah, no. So I did have that. There were some fines associated with it. Um, I always grew up poor. Somehow my dad has some sort of money. I mean, he's always worked construction. Like, he might be a dread addict piece of crap, but he has always had a job somehow, which is, you know, kudos for him and his family, whatever. Um, He, our relationship after that summer was sometimes birthday money, usually Christmas money, um, and he paid off my fines. Um, And then one year he didn't even tell me happy birthday. 
Um, and then we never talked again. So he just like dropped off. Um, but it was very, like, I, I know why. Um, because he felt like I wasn't making an effort to have a relationship with the man who willingly gave up all of his rights to me when I was born. So I feel as though, um, you know, I, I just, I think the issue was that he didn't ever really actually want me back in his life and that he tried to do the right thing. Um, but ultimately him being him won over in that situation and he was just better off pretending I don't exist. Well, he's also a drug addict too. Yeah. So I don't know if he's actively doing drugs right this very second, but I have seen pictures of him kind of recently and he definitely does. So mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know. I just, and it really sucks to speak to you because like I said about my sister, like none of them see him for who he is. They just have like this. Do you think he's changed? Do you think he's, it's possible think, that he's changed? I think he's changed his ability to hide it better. I think he's changed his ability to present one way and actually be the person he is, you know, on his own time. Do I think he still beats his wife? Yeah, I definitely do. <laughs> how long were, were him and your mom together? How long were they? Or yeah, how, long, how, long, were how they? long were they together? I honestly don't really know. Um, which part? Actually, thinking about it now, that sounds bad. I just, I don't know very much at all about um, that part of, like, her life because it was just bad for her. Um, I do know they, um, while she was pregnant with me, we lived in Ohio with him for a little while. Is that where Um, you're from? Is Ohio? Me? No, I'm from here. Um, I was born here. He is from Ohio. (laughs) Um, if you ask him, he's from the South. Uh, he's got like the Southern <laughs> twang thing. Go- I don't know where he gets it because he's from Ohio. He, he is from and raised in Ohio. Um, so I don't know where he thinks he gets that, but he's, he's, he's like the full, like redneck, hickabilly, all of that. Like it's, he's 100% just all that. Um, it's funny. honestly, it's bizarre because I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, you're, you're half that, you're half of this, <laughs> this man here. And like, um, Visually, I suppose we look um, similar in some ways. I, I do look a little, me and my sister do share like some features. Um, it was most apparent when we were children. Um, we have changed a lot now. Um, but man, it's just, I, I don't think he's capable of the kind of change I would expect from him. Um, so I know I would only ever be disappointed. So have when you- he stopped reaching out, I accepted that and went about my life not really caring about it very much. The only thing that I really think about these days is the connection I wish I had had with my sister because we were close for like two seconds. After the window incident, the summer following that, um, we were, man, just like white on rice. We were just, we were so um, like steadfast, like friends and we were very close for that summer. One thing I, I, the reason why I mentioned that he's a a drug addict (laughs) was because my dad, you know, like I had mentioned, Mm -hmm. hadn't been a part of my life. And I was always under the assumption that he just kind of ran out on us Mm -hmm. um, and that he never really wanted anything to do with us when in actuality, he actually did want something to do. He had been looking for us for 20 some years and didn't know where we were because we just abandoned Florida and came here. Mm. And I mean, yeah, moving a state, that's gotta be so hard. (laughs) Right. And so when we, when I finally found him, you know, he, he wanted this relationship. Like he, he's always kind of pursued it, but then, you know, one thing like with him, like I mentioned, he's an alcoholic. And so when he's here, it's like, it it was strange because you could tell like he cares about us. Like Mm -hmm. he wants a relationship, but in the same token, like his, his addiction is so great that it, it overpowers it the overpowers. importance of anything else. Yeah, like, I mean, you could see, like, him just drowning himself away. And I don't know if it was because maybe he was uncomfortable because he was here or whatever it was. 
But it, yeah, you I know, mean, it's it's it, one of those things that we're like, it's almost like addiction so strong. Like it, you, the per like it controls a person in a sense. I definitely. I do agree with that. And I do see addiction as more of an illness than anything else because that's it. Ultimately that's what it is. However, I myself am a person of great. I don't want to say willpower because that's not the case at all, but I am a person who cares enough. um, Rather I care so much about something or someone that, I can like draw on the incredible force right. of willpower. Like I cannot imagine. I have struggled with addiction myself. My mother was an alcoholic. She shook it when it went around her th- age of thirty. But I was exposed to that kind of life growing up. She was she was a great mother, but she was an alcoholic. So, um, I, and then my dad, he has my biological health. He has that component to himself. So I, I got com- I got addiction built into my genetics. So I, I definitely struggled with it when I was in high school. And even at the height of my problems with addiction, I could not imagine abandoning, you know, my child or my family, doing half the things that, like, you know, my, my biological father had at that point. I couldn't imagine doing any of those things or any of the things that you hear about people who are just riddled with addiction. Like, yeah. and they, and like, I, I, it's just, it's too strong. I, I can't get clean. You know, there are mothers who are still using while they're pregnant, that kind of thing. And like, they can't, no matter how hard, and I just, I don't understand it because personally, there's nothing I, I could never. Well, I mean, I mean, for you personally, but for yeah. others, you know, th- their situations could be different. You yeah. know, like they could have been raised on, on crack themselves. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, they they could have been. Which definitely it, changes the way that you develop. And those right. things don't work. They literally don't work the same way in those people's brains. No. And then there is a level of understanding for sure, like logically about how it works. But then there's the personal side of it where it's, it's. I. It's hard to look. Past. I agree with you. I'm just mm-hmm. playing devil's advocate. No, no, no. Of course, you have I, to. You have to be the neutral party. I agree with you because <laughs> that's one thing I was telling my wife with my dad. It's like, you know, like I, he would leave during the day while we were like here home. We're off of work right now, and he would just leave for eight hours. When he's here to see you guys, right? And yeah, and yeah. he would just go drink somewhere. And I'm like, why? Is, like, you can drink here. Like, I understand you have an addiction. I don't mind if you drink as long as but you're do not it getting here with us right. as a family. Like, I don't mind if you're, you're drinking. Just don't be belligerent. You know, whatever. And uh, he still is one of those things. I think it was like one of those things where he, it was, um, uh, what do you call it? When someone like purposely tries self-sabotage. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like he was self-sabotaging himself because he didn't want to, he didn't want to like ruin our relationship in a sense. So he would just go do his habit somewhere else. He, he probably felt that it was better to be absent while that was occurring than yeah. to have it like in front of your face, yeah. which I can understand that train of thought. But at the same time, Communication is so important. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Like, in, and if that's the fear that you have to have, then have, sit down and have a conversation about yeah. it. Like, this is what I'm afraid of happening. And that would have given you plenty of opportunity to be like, let it happen. I'd rather it happened here. I'd rather right. you were here. Exactly. I can assure you of this and that. Like, it's going to be okay. You know, maybe, maybe we try and have a talk if I'm uncomfortable. But like, you, you yeah. just have to have that communication. And yeah, unfortunately, people who struggle with addiction almost always have some sort of trauma they always that uh you know is the root of this problem and whether or not they have this super important thing in their life their children their family um i know what trauma feels like i know what that pain feels like and i know how good it can feel to numb that pain Um, and sometimes 
that just it's you have to you you're still a human and you still have that fight flight freeze you know that that self-preservation instinct and that self-preservation of your psyche is there too and that's what they do to self-preserve. So I, I get it. It's just, well, I mean, the greatest I don't give example, many excuses. <laughs> the greatest example of that recently is Brandon Navin. Do you know who that is? I do not. So he was a public figure here in the community. He oh, actually, ran, I think I heard about him. Yes. Yeah, how could you not? It was right, all over social was, media. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he ran the artist umbrella here in town, and he was one of the greatest examples because he was actually on this podcast last October, I believe, or November. Wow. Okay. And him and I talked, we, we, were, we talked about his addiction. He had talked about how he never wanted to use again. And, um, then he, you know, was this great big figure in the community so many people loved him and he had all this love and all the support and his family loved him. He had a beautiful wife and kids and he had all these good things in life, but then relapsed and died. And then, yeah. I mean, you've seen the outpour from the community. It's like, wow. Devastated. Yeah. Devastating. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's amazing too the impact that somebody can have. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing is um, that you mentioned that, you know, he has this family, this all these good things in his life. When you are a sad person, you're constantly searching for the not sad. Mm-hmm. Just to put it in plain words. So when you're sad, you're constantly searching for the not sad. And you do that for so long that you become consumed in the feeling of being sad. You don't know what the not sad feels like. And then you you can't get out of it. You have these good things, but you're still searching for that ultimate happy. The next best and, thing. And it's, it's just not, it's yeah. not this. Like, this is great, but it's not, it's just not this exact right. right thing that I need. And when you are drowning in the way that you're feeling, that's the only thing that you need to keep going and you don't have it. So what's the point? You know, and it, 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 even though you have all the good things and people looking in, it's like, I don't understand how this person can be unhappy with their life. They have all these good things. It's just, you don't see it. Yeah. You don't see it when you're constantly sad and just wanting to be happy because unfortunately you just kind of get locked into it. You just kind of get locked into what that feeling is like. And then it becomes you, it becomes your personality. And then there is no good and you are the depression and you are the sad, but it, it, again, what do you do? Yeah. Once it gets to that point, like, what do you do? Um, it's not easy to get help. I've never been in that at that point in my life. I've, I've, I've gone through a lot of stuff. Actually, I was just on, my brother was on the podcast and we were discussing our past mm. and our past is so traumatic. And we were yeah. talking about how like a lot of people just fold. Mm-hmm. Like if they, at the sight of just something so like small, they'll just, especially like young people today mm-hmm. with like social media and how everything's just accentuated it's so easy to just give up and and not not want to do this anymore. Yeah. And with with our situation, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, we know that we want to see tomorrow. We know we want a better life mm-hmm. for the future. We just got to make it through today and yeah. then make it through tomorrow. And yeah. it's, it, every day, it's that constant mm-hmm. thing. And um, yeah, so it's like we've we've I don't remember where I was going with this. Um, no, I I get I get what you mean though. Like it. it you just, it's, it's a never ending cycle. It's a never ending cycle in the good and the bad. And, and, and some people just get stuck in the bad part of yeah. the cycle. And, yeah. and I, I, for someone who has no idea who he was and you're right, the outpouring of just like how many people were touched by one life for people who 
who do feel like that, because I will definitely admit, I, I'm, I'm in that position every day. Every day, we're all very just lucky to have me here, honestly. And I try to rem- remind myself that we're all lucky to have me here every day. And that's what gets what me through. Oh, I deal with feelings of not wanting to continue all day, every day. I have um, many like mental health diagnoses. Um, Such as what? Um, so I was recently diagnosed autistic. Previously I was diagnosed borderline personality disorder. I've had ADHD my entire life. Um, and the recent diagnosis of autism has made <clears throat> my having autism in the past. Uh, it's, it's made like that, that trauma just so much bigger because now that I'm aware of it, I can see all the ways that I was wronged <laughs> when I was younger and I was displaying all these signs and these symptoms. Um, and I feel like me, I can look back on it. I'm like, wow, damn, that's so obvious. What, what, what's autistic about you? Um, so it's hard for people to understand autism sometimes because you hear the word autistic and I feel like people immediately go to um, nonverbal, no eye contact, loud noises, um, you know, rapid movements, you know, like flapping, jumping. You, you say autistic, mm-hmm. that is what people envision in their mind. They do not Generally, envision yeah. someone who's going to sit in front of you at a podcast willingly and have a conversation, who's going to be able to make eye contact with you, who's going to be able to, you know... Present as have normal. Have a great discussion. Right, right, right. And who's going to have, like, all these big intellectual opinions, because I do find myself to be intellectual on occasion. Um, on occasion. On occasion. <laughs> I, I, I'll give myself the pass that I um, I can be just as dumb as everybody else. Um, but I, I try to have a high opinion of myself as far as my intelligence goes, because... I was the gifted child. I was the, you have so much potential, but... And that butt has followed me around my whole life. And because I was autistic, had so much potential that I was never meeting, and I always felt so out of place, and I was a female. Um, There are so many more things that are expected of girls and women than socially than you might think in comparison to boys. So I had all these expectations of me. You learn to copy, mimic all the people around you, but instead of it being normal, and, and instead of it just sitting down, having a conversation, chit-chatting, shit, 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 it's, um, I have, like, have you seen that um, Spongebob episode where he's in his brain Probably and not. he has the filing cabinets? So, I mean, I, I'm I assuming- It's been so long since I watched Spongebob, but- that one episode has always stuck with me because that's what it's like to be in my head. I will, I can pull from like different areas, but everything is like rehearsed. Everything is like, um, what do you mean rehearsed? I'm not, I'm, I didn't like stand in the mirror and like have a conversation with an hour for myself. Cause how am I supposed <laughs> to know what the hell we're going to talk about? Right, right. But everything is like, I have like, um, a set of like, uh, scripts, maybe not necessarily scripts, but like I have a set rhetoric, you know, that I don't really waver from. Um, and that I, um, you know, you'll hear me saying the same sentences, you know, my, my husband, he's always with me. So he can probably hear me have the same conversation with different people. And it's, you know, always like the same. So, you know, if Just I were any to go, general conversation, like if I were to go on another podcast, it would probably be almost cookie cutter to what this podcast is talking but about. You'd like be talking about yourself. Things. So wouldn't that, shouldn't that be pretty much the same? 
Because whenever more, I go on a podcast, I feel the same. Like whenever I do a podcast, it, it kind of gets redundant because I'm like, I've shared this story over and over again. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah. it's the same way every single time. Yeah. And I feel like to a certain extent, and that, that's just like normalcy. Yeah. But there's also, it, it's not a normal process for, and obviously when you say a process, I'm talking about like the process that happens in your brain when you choose to do any given thing okay um it's not a normal process to be like i have seen people uh react this way when you're having a small talk conversation so i need to make sure that my face looks this way that my voice inflection is this way that my body mannerisms are this way because um when you are having a conversation with somebody and you're not looking at them and like you're picking your feet your fingers or (laughs) you're like doing this or you're like looking at the sky they're assuming you're not paying attention to them, that you're not, you know, absorbing that. Whereas, you know, maybe making that eye contact or keeping that focus on you is a task. And so whilst doing that task, I'm not able to actually focus. I'm focusing on the task of appearing focused. And so it's, it's things like that. It's, it's, I can be perceived as a normal person. Um, that's just using horrible layman's terms, but I can be perceived as someone who does not have um, any autism. sort of autism um, because I've been I've been so practiced at mimicking the way that others talk to others, the way that everyone else's face moves, the way that people do things with their hands when they're talking. Um, but if you ask my husband if I am socially normal, able to care for myself or any of those things, he would definitely tell you that I'm not able to do that. But he would probably say it in a nicer way because he tries <laughs> to be he tries to be supportive. Um, but in all in all reality, um, I this is super unusual for me. I obviously have canceled on you previously um, because it's super unusual for me. And I spent the time between there and here um, becoming more acquainted with you personally on Facebook. Not like, like we've chatted or anything, but yeah. like I, I follow what you are doing and, I, and I've watched a couple of your um, sessions and things like that. And I became more um, familiar with it and I became more practiced with um, the way I do it, the way that you do it and the way that I should do it Mm. and so that whole series of events it's just one part of like my autism but it that that's part of the non-normal but it seems normal when when I'm when I'm talking to you um but and it doesn't make me comfortable to make eye contact for example but it's considered respectful and it's considered a sign of paying attention and it's considered a sign of you know this is how we are interacting as humans. Do I, while I am talking and making eye contact, concern myself with, have I been making eye contact too long? Do I need to look away now? Have I blinked recently? <laughs> that is not normal. None of that is normal. I think I do that too, though. I, Whenever I'm looking at somebody, I'm like, I feel like my eyes have been open for a long time. Like, do, <laughs> like, do I look googly-eyed? Am I, should, I, should I blink? I should probably blink. Yeah. Like that, blink that, that's feels not 100% <laughs> normal. Like, I mean, it is like when there's like, like there's a, there's a certain amount of like nerves, like normal for nerves. But yeah. like when that is the way you operate on a day to day and like you, that's like you, you don't exist without that process, you know? And, and do you and think you do those too, things though. normally without thinking about them? Well, yeah, because I'm masking all the time without thinking about like, it. I don't like, for instance, when, like if, if I think to myself, I should blink. The only time I think that is when I think about it. 
otherwise otherwise i just do it right and you'll, you, all of a sudden you'd be like wow um how many times should i bl- be blinking in a minute like you still become <laughs> so aware of like your eyes and your head yeah. but it's just like a it's like a sudden thing where you just become too aware of your autonomous functions but i feel for me as an ta- autistic person and i think it's a autistic um trait potentially i don't want to speak for everybody because again like when you when I kind of started, like um, you say say autism, you you imagine one thing because you're not as exposed to what it can look like in its entirety, and that's because it's 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 a general term. It's there are so let's say it's on a spectrum, autism. Right? Well, yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. In a, I don't mean that in an offensive. No, way. no, no, no. But at the same time, like, when you say spectrum. something like that, you'd be like, okay, are you low or high spectrum autis- autistic? And that's also mm. not accurate. That's not how I picture it. That's how most do. I picture it as a wide range. There's a wide range of diff- like different different uh, personalities because my brother's autistic, mm-hmm. my younger brother. Mm-hmm. And uh, same thing. I could have a conversation with him. You wouldn't really know. That, mm-hmm. Like if you talk to him, you wouldn't really know he's autistic. Mm-hmm. But you spend enough time with him and some of his traits and some of his habits. And yes, he says a lot of the same things all the time. And that's also because as you are spending time with one person who does have autism and as they become comfortable with you, they either naturally um, or with intention demask around you and masking is you know that that like that veil i was talking about how i can just be seem like a normal person but really all this other stuff's happening behind you that's that's masking so when people are unmasking and you're spending that time around them and they're getting more comfortable that's when you really start to see that okay maybe there's something to this maybe they really are autistic but it's it's hard because autism it hasn't been getting the like scientific focus that it needs up until like recently they just updated the dsm-5 which is that criteria for being diagnosed with autism um and even still it's not as though it was written by people with autism or even written by people who are not autistic but who are very familiar with people while autistic it's people who are just like vaguely like oh yes i and they also the first thing they think of when you say autism is nonverbal loud movements things like that like that's they have that one well, view isn't like asperger's considered autism uh i believe it is and but, i was gonna say like i would i would attribute autism is to like you know in christianity and then there's like um catholics and baptists and then those are the different types of like autism but like autism is just like it's just like a big one right, big right. thing it's an umbrella yeah and it's yeah. umbrella and I, and i think that people think of it as as one thing i when i went to my neurologist um and i, I he was asking me for like my medical history and I, my diagnosis is and i listed that one he's like huh you don't really seem very autistic to me but after we swerved like we talked for like an hour and he witnessed my incredible emotional incapacity um because i am reduced to tears at everything everything is is terrible um and like he had um observed like my cadence and things like that and like my way of interacting with him um as we were finishing up you know it's like I, I didn't mean to make that you know um assumption i i'm sorry I, i've kind of gotten to see he said this right at the beginning of the appointment when we'd i don't know sat in the same room for five minutes he's like oh, i don't think you're very autistic at all and so but afterwards um yeah that's kind of insinuating like something bad about autistic people right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah because but another way that i like to say 
when people are trying to be like, oh, how autistic are you? It's how much does your autism affect other people is what they're actually wanting to know. Because there are people who are living their day to day and they're just functioning, you know, functioning, going about their business. But when you look deeply into their life with like a, like a microscope and or like you are them, you have no idea all the inabilities that they have. Yes and no. I agree with you, but I don't agree with you. Okay. And the reason why I don't agree with you is okay. because um, if you go back and listen to uh, one of my one of my first episodes, I interview um, this gentleman called Mr. Prangley. He's from here in Lansing. Okay. He's not from here, but he lives here in Lansing. Mm-hmm. And he was um, placed into a uh, facility when he was a, a kid. He was six years old. His parents dropped him off at this mental hospital in Coldwater. And it's now just been shut down, but it's essentially a prison. It was a prison for, yeah. for special needs people. Mm-hmm. And they just left him there. And this whole time he was left there and he was, he was abused. He was tortured and sodomized. And they told him he'd never amount to anything. He couldn't read or write. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on, he gets out of there eventually against everything that they told him. He, they told him he'd never get out of there. And yeah. he got out of there. He proved to them that he could get out of there and got out of there, lived on his own, made it, got a job. And he, um, ended up actually working for the for the state of Michigan and ended up changing legislation so that they could close all those prisons down. Wow. That's and awesome. now he lives on his own and he's lived on his own for a very long time and mm-hmm. he's, he retired from the state of Michigan. Yeah. And so when I say I disagree with you, I feel that you know, you don't have to let that define who you are. Like oh, you yeah, can, for sure. You can choose to use, like, even though you're not normal, and you may realize you're not normal or, or what, whatever is considered normal. Oh, right, right, because like, what is. Right, right, exactly. I feel like everybody is on a spectrum of some sort, mm-hmm. at, you know, but um, I feel like I am sometimes. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a lot more common than people I think so. are led to believe. Especially. Because you'll see nowadays, oh, now you're saying every child is autistic. Um, you would be surprised well, the amount like of kids who ADD are. and ADHD isn't that like part of like on a spectrum too. So like yeah, if that's yeah. the case, like almost everybody's ADD mm-hmm. and ADHD. Well, these I mean, days. then there are like the, oh, it's because of like what we consume and how that's changing. It's like, you know, it giving, could be. I, I hear that argument too, too sometimes, but. No, and, and I, I think you misunderstood when I was talking earlier before how I said um, it, how much does it affect other people. I think yeah. it's just how other people um, define how autistic somebody is. So when I say that um, how much their autism affects somebody else, that's what I mean. People, you're not autistic unless you're being loud, being disruptive, obviously, you know, some sort of way. Well. That, that's what I meant when I said I understand, that. I understand what you're saying. But again, with this Richard Prangley guy, I mean, it's clear that he's autistic. Yeah. It's clear that he's special needs. But one of the things about him, it's beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. it, like I, I took him out to lunch because mm-hmm. I'm like, this guy's awesome. Yeah. And like, you can tell he's autistic mm-hmm. and he's loud and he's kind of obnoxious mm-hmm. and like, in, in like uh, a formal setting, you know, yeah. as far as being loud and, right. um, but that's what that, I mean. You that's can expected, tell though. he's autistic. It, it didn't bother me. Yeah. I wasn't concerned about no. like how that would affect things. No, or no. But it, it does, I think, determine you agreeing with him being autistic more. You know what I mean? Like, because he was 
obviously one way, you'd be like, yeah, he's definitely autistic. You can definitely tell. But if someone is not that way, you have a harder time being like, yeah, they're autistic because they are not that one gotcha. way. I understand. So okay. it, it's 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 how much, how loud are you? How 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 you know disruptive are you? How 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 you how much you can't hold a job? That's what determines how autistic you are. Mm. It's not that internal stuff that's going on, how, you know, how much someone struggles to shower every day or take their pills or feed themselves every day. That doesn't determine how much, how autistic somebody right, is in someone's right. eyes. It's how much are you behaving in some way that I can notice? That's how autistic you are. Mm. So that, that, that I feel is what's the harmful part about just the vast majority of people being uneducated about what autism can look like um, is is it there's an invalidation there's an invalidation if you're not this way you're deaf you, you, you can't be if yeah. you're not disruptive to me as a person you cannot be autistic because that's what autism is yeah but that's just not what it is yeah that's something that's definitely definitely changed the narrative of autism has definitely changed over the last couple of years i remember like when i was in school we're roughly around the same age yeah um yeah. but when i was in school like you would picture the the people who are autistic as the kids like there was a girl her name was katie she's since you know, died, but, mm -hmm. um, she was extremely, I, I would, just, I think she was considered down syndrome. Yeah. Um, but like her head would hang and mm -hmm. like mouth would hang and she drooling everywhere. And like that's, that, that's, that's kind of like the label of autism. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of like what was pictured when I was in school. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. Now, that's what everyone pictures. Changed, yeah. Right? I agree. And I, and I think it, I think it's going in a good direction. I do. Um, but with everything else, it takes time. There are steps I think it backwards. Helps. I think it helps when you see people who are extremely intelligent, like, uh, mm -hmm. like Elon Musk and like, I think he's on the, like people say he's on the spectrum. I would I think he's admitted, fully agree with that. Like he's admitted <laughs> that he's on the spectrum. So mm -hmm. when you see somebody like that, you're like, okay, there's hope for humanity. Like people who don't. Well, feel I don't like, look at Elon Musk and think there's the hope for humanity. Well, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one. I, well, I don't mean it in that no, sense, but what I mean is that for somebody who feels like they're not normal, mm -hmm. then they feel like, okay, that guy can do it. I and he's do on the too. spectrum. Yeah. Then I can do it. That is a good, I definitely agree that it, it's good. Like for like the people who like, oh, you didn't finish college. You're never going to be anything. Well, Bill Gates didn't finish college or <laughs> right. he didn't finish, whatever it is. Right. Um, I feel like it's kind of like that kind of thing where you can yeah. like look up to that like that ability. Yeah. Um, you don't like Elon Musk? I don't. No. <laughs> you didn't just hear about the CEO and the twin babies that like. Uh, I I don't I don't follow stuff like that. I don't follow it. I either. did hear about it, but I don't really know anything about it. Um, I think that he's a terrible person, whether he is intelligent or not. Um, I think as a person, he is a POS, mm. <laughs> um, and he can get me if he wants, but I just, I, um, Banned I don't from know. Twitter now. No, oh boy, I definitely don't have a Twitter account anyways. So we're good. <laughs> um, it's just, I don't know. I just, people, he's one of those people who is how much can money can I make? Can I, how can I make more? And it's not, how can I make more and make like, how can I make more for everyone? You know what I mean? Um, and I know his idea is that, you know, Teslas will be like the affordable vehicle, blah, 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 like yeah, down the line. And he has like all these grand ideas. Um, but I think like his personality, um, he's a real ass. Well, I mean, when you are literally the CEO of multiple companies, I mean, that kind of comes with the territory. Like, it's kind of expected, right? It, but, like, I mean, like, for instance, we're going back to, problem. like, we're talking about all these CEOs <laughs> of all these corporations, like even GM or, like, Ford or Chrysler or 
Amazon, Apple, like my husband used to work for Amazon, so that's a tough oh, one. Oh, okay, him. there you go. Well, fuck Amazon. <laughs> yeah, he does not. Jeff Bezos is not a trophy uh, anywhere near. So when house. you picture like those people, you're like, okay, they're all assholes too, mm-hmm. and so you know they're all kind of in the same realm, um, same category of people. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, like how we started this conversation, and we're like, if everyone's about like you know making the bottom line, and then it's about like capitalism, and and like how everyone can have like the most for themselves. And I just feel like that's just kind of what it is. Like you've got yeah. those people who are doing well, and they're gonna do well for themselves. Well, and I think that kind of brings it back to like we we're talking about like what could be done, what could change in today's society. Like how how does things change? If the rich people changed the way they lived their lives, I think things could be different. I think things change by having discussions like this. Like people yeah. hearing a podcast where somebody like you come on or in somebody like my brother, or other people who've come on this podcast, when they hear stories like that and they're like, mm-hmm. okay, there's hope. Yeah. Like that person is just like me. Mm-hmm. Like that's not a CEO of a company on a podcast. That's yeah. a normal person in mm-hmm. our community making a difference or like trying to just survive. Yeah. And, and that that's a true testament to a lot of other people just like you. Yeah. Yep. I think it is something that definitely brings everybody together. Um, it's just, you know, there's, the people who could do something about those kinds of things, they're not the kind of people who are going to sit down and have a discussion, though. No, they're not the kind no. of people who are going to sit to listen to both sides of the story, going to weigh both ends, going to see, like, you know, okay, does this resonate with me? Is this what the majority are saying? Could this really be true? Is yeah. this an opinion? Or is this fa- they're not going to sit down and have those hard conversations because it's too difficult, and they're that's just going to believe take a step back. what they believe, and that's it. You just got to take a step back. Yeah. This is my story. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, it's it's hard because even when you like, well, we could do this thing different. Well, there's a problem with that too because yeah. like it's just. I don't well, think there, that there is a perfect way to be humans. It's just we gotta not. find the right way for. I think we just need to allow for everyone to do what. Obviously, this is a very broad statement. Just like uh, people just need to be able to do what they need. Like, should do you have to go to work to have to pay these bills on this plot of land or? Could you just, you know, homesteading is huge right now. And I am for it. Like our generation is like, they are into it. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, should we just all trade with each other and like, you know, go move it on back a little bit and let's, let's not work a nine to five in order to work that nine to five tomorrow. I'd be interested in trying it. Uh, it's my dream. I, I'm <laughs> one of those homesteaders. I'm slowly working on my husband. He, he kind of just goes along and does what He's I like, run. No. <laughs> he kind of does what I like. Um, but I also want it to be his dream someday too. But I mean, it just, I just, I think that the way that the world is going, it's just not something I want to be a part of. Yeah. And, um, we can do that in a really bad way <laughs> or I can change the way that my life is lived regardless of what's happening elsewhere um, you, well, I'm not, I'm not, an, I'm not a politician. I'm not going to be able to be like an activist. I don't have the mental capacity for it. I, I, I'm not going to be able to enact change in that way. What I can do is enact change in myself and I can create that, you know, sustainability and I can, you know, make it so I don't have to rely on the way that that this world works and I can just live in my own world. You know what I mean? So, well, I mean, the one thing that you can control in a world that's uncontrollable is yourself right? Mm-hmm. The way you control your life. I'm a control freak. <laughs> I definitely have it. <laughs> well, in there me. you go. You should have yeah. it under, under control. Man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, the part about that is um, there's, you know, you there's only so much control a person can have over yeah. themselves yeah. because when you got like you know, the tism or the anything else or like the anything that like really like affects the way that your brain makes connections or thinks about things, it's just hard it's hard to be able to push through and 
But yeah, hopefully I'll be able to someday be able to remove myself from the way that this world operates and I'll just be able to be that happy cow and chicken lady with the <laughs> 55 cats um, and the millions of dogs. We recently just got our fifth cat, so. Oh, wow. Um, uh, three of them are unexpected strays. So oh, two of them. That, that's a normal amount of cats. Two cats is good. So we're that's just gonna. We have. That's that's like that's that was the plan, anyways. It's just I'm a sucker for cats, <laughs> and they all needed homes, and they all needed homes with me. So oh I needed to take them home, <laughs> and it's been a great fit all the way around. And I love all five of them. So that's hilarious. Is there anything else you want to say or uh, mention before we wrap this up? We've been going for over an hour. Oh, well, I'm sorry to have taken up so much of your time. Oh, you're um, good. I always go for an hour. Oh, okay, good. At least. Good. Um, no, and I just, I mean, I appreciate you being willing to reschedule, and I, yeah. I I appreciate the open conversations, and even if we don't share the same exact opinions. We don't have to. Exactly. We don't and have it, to. Like, it's good to, you know, have two people who Most of the things I, I agree just, with you on. And just, well, yeah, sure. That, that's playing, best. I was that just playing best. devil's no. advocate on a lot of things. <laughs> no, you know, you're totally good. I just, I, I do prefer when people agree with me because I happen to think that I'm the most right. But I also Fair know, enough. <laughs> I also know that, you know, it, it, it is good to just facilitate different sides of the discussion. So I um, appreciate that. And I think it's been great. I had a good time. Even if I was nervous to come, um, uh, you well, definitely put me at ease. Well, you're a natural, so. <laughs> well, thank you. You're welcome. And uh, I'm glad you're here and awesome. I hope you're here tomorrow and yeah. the next day and forever. I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Maybe not forever. I think I get a little sick of things after a while. I don't understand immortality. Vampires, <laughs> after like 700 years, they would just have to be like, I am done. I've seen what they're Yeah, I think I'd be done after 700 years too. Yeah, that's. I can't even handle the 26 years I got going on right now. Like, I don't think I could do any more. But yeah, it's been great talking to you for sure. All right, you too. Thank you. Thanks.